Welcome to Planning Law with Chickens, a planning law podcast brought to you by Town Legal, the specialist planning law firm. My name's Mita Kaur, I'm a partner at Town Legal, and today is another in our case law summary series. Today's case has a strong focus on heritage issues, and we're going to be looking at Court of Appeal judgment in East Quayside and Newcastle City Council. Here to tell us all about it is Anjali Foster of Landmark Chambers. Over to you, Anjali. Thank you, Mita. And as just explained, I'll be speaking today about the recent Court of Appeal judgment in East Quayside against Newcastle City Council, where I acted for the City Council throughout the case. So turning to the judgment itself, the ruling was handed down in March this year, where the Court of Appeal agreed with the High Court that a planning inspector's decision should be quashed. By way of brief overview, In some aspects, this is a very fact-sensitive case, which turned on the particular wording used by the planning inspector in this case, uh, which I'll come on to explain. However, there are some points very much of wider importance for future cases. Of particular interest is the court's explanation of the extent to which heritage harm that might be caused by alternative designs is relevant in decision-making. This also ties in with the reference to avoiding or minimising heritage harm in paragraph 195 of the National Planning Policy Framework. Uh, This is a point which hasn't been expressly addressed by the courts until this case, and it's certainly an interesting point to bear in mind moving forwards. So I'll start with first setting out the factual context to this case before then diving into the legal issues that the court addressed. In terms of the facts, this case concerns an empty plot of land which lies on the Newcastle Quayside. It's one of the last pieces of land along the iconic Quayside which is yet to be regenerated. On one side of the plot lies the northern bank of the River Tyne and on the other side lies St Anne's Church which is a grade one listed building. The appellant in this case applied for planning permission to develop a large residential and commercial building on the plot. And the City Council refused to grant planning permission for this proposed development for a number of reasons. The appellant appealed against this refusal and the dispute went before a planning inspector appointed by the Secretary of State who held a public inquiry in March last year. There were a number of issues which were in dispute at the inquiry. Uh, But importantly for this case, one of these key disputed issues was the level of harm that the proposed development would cause to the significance of the nearby grade one listed church. The proposed development would fall within the immediate setting of the church and it would disrupt views between the church and the River Tyne. Uh, At the inquiry, it was agreed between the parties that the proposed development would cause harm to the church within the category of less than substantial harm, as set out in the MPPF. So there was agreement on that point. However, this category of less than substantial harm within the national framework spans a wide range of levels of harm, uh, which has been touched on by the courts before. And there was crucially a dispute between the parties at the inquiry as well as with Historic England, as to what the level of less than substantial harm to the church would be within that wide category, 
for example, would it be a low level of harm or a moderate level or even a high level of harm? Uh, after hearing the evidence at the inquiry, the inspector issued her decision allowing the appeal and granting planning permission for the proposed development. A section of the inspector's decision was dedicated to this disputed issue of the level of harm that would be caused to the Grade 1 listed church. And in this section, the inspector set out her reasoning as to why she thought that the proposed development would cause harm to the church and what that level of harm would be. Uh, Within this reasoning, she referred to the scale of the proposed building and the extent to which it would block certain views. Um, And she also, importantly, within her assessment, addressed paragraph 195 of the MPPF. As mentioned earlier, this requires that proposals should avoid or minimise harm to historic assets. She commented that any development on this plot would affect the setting of the church, and she explained her view that the harm had indeed been minimised within the meaning of paragraph 195, because she thought that there could be no alternative design solutions for a building on the plot which would further minimise the harm caused. The inspector then finally brought this all together in her concluding paragraph, saying that overall, the level of less than substantial harm to the church was towards the lower end of the scale. She explained that one of the reasons for this lower level of harm was because of, and I quote, uh, the key constraints of the plot. And we'll come back to that phrase uh, later. Notably, her assessment of the level of harm amounted to a disagreement with the level of harm that historic England thought would be caused. Uh, They thought the harm caused to the church would be higher. The City Council brought a legal challenge against the inspector's decision and the legal question which came before the courts on the matter of heritage harm was this. In reaching her conclusion on the level of harm that would be caused to the church, did the inspector take into account a legally irrelevant matter, namely the absence of an alternatively designed building that might cause less harm? Or in other words, did the inspector discount the level of harm that the proposed development would itself cause because of her view that the harm had been minimised? This legal challenge first came before Mr Justice Holgate in the High Court at the end of last year. He found that the inspector had made a legal error on this issue and he quashed the inspector's decision. The judgment was then appealed to the Court of Appeal by the developer in the case Uh, And the Court of Appeal agreed that the inspector's decision was legally defective and they dismissed the appeal against the High Court's decision. So I'll turn now to the detail of what the Court of Appeal said in this case. And I'll start with the key legal issue of wider importance, which was explained by the court, Uh, namely the extent to which heritage harm caused by alternative designs is or is not relevant. Uh, This was a matter which was common ground between the parties. The court explained that in assessing harm to the significance of a heritage asset, the decision maker must focus on the harm that the proposed development itself would cause, not on the harm that some alternatively designed development on the site might cause. And the court said that the reason for this is logical. 
the existence or absence of another scheme or another design which might produce less harm uh, is not relevant to the level of harm that the proposed development itself would cause. Uh, to put it another way, just because harm to a heritage asset has been minimised by the design solution selected, that tells you nothing about what the level of harm actually is. After all, a minimised level of harm may nevertheless still be a moderate or high level of harm. Uh, however, the court went on to explain that the fact that there are no alternative designs which would further minimise harm uh, can be relevant later on in the decision-making process. They explained that this consideration could be relevant in the final balance struck between harm and benefit. Now, this explanation by the court provides a very useful framework for the relevance of alternative designs in heritage harm cases, which ties into the reference, as I explained earlier, in paragraph 195 of the framework that heritage harm should be minimised. Uh, to summarise, as explained by the court, these considerations are not relevant in determining the level of harm that would actually be caused by a proposed development itself, but these considerations can be relevant once that exercise has been carried out in striking the final balance between the assessed level of harm and the benefits. Uh, we then come on to the parts of the judgment which, as I touched on earlier, are more fact-specific. And this is when the court turned to apply this correct legal position to the facts of this case. And this turned on what the inspector meant in her concluding paragraph when she said that the level of less than substantial harm to the church was low because of the key constraints of the plot. But the question was, in reaching her view, her conclusion, on the level of harm that the development itself would cause in her concluding paragraph, was she bringing in or was she taking account of her reasoning in the previous paragraph where she had set out her view that the harm had been minimised? The lead judge in the Court of Appeal, Sir Keith Lindblom, agreed with Mr Justice Holgate's finding in the High Court, albeit with less certainty, that the words used by the inspector showed that she did take into account this irrelevant consideration. And therefore, he said that there was a legal error in her assessment as to the level of harm caused to the church. As Sir Keith Lindblom also found that in any event, the inspector's reasoning was legally defective. The judge emphasised that the inspector was discharging the demanding and rigorous duty in section 66 of the Listed Buildings Act to pay special regard to historic assets. And he also emphasised that the inspector here was disagreeing with historic's, historic England's view on the level of harm. And in these circumstances, the inspector's reasoning gave rise to genuine and substantial doubt as to whether she had applied a lawful approach. Uh, the other two judges in the court, Lord Justice Lewis and Lady Justice Lane, did not take the same view on the exact meaning of the inspector's words but they held that nevertheless they agreed that the inspector's reasoning was legally defective and they also agreed that the appeal should be dismissed. The court also explained finally that the inspector's error in assessing the level of harm to the church affected the performance 
of her statutory duties in Section 66 of the Listed Building Act, and it was not impossible to foresee a different outcome if she had not made that error. So the error um, was material, it wasn't an irrelevant error. Uh, on this basis, the court agreed that the inspector's decision was tainted with legal error and they dismissed the appeal. So that is the case of East Quayside against Newcastle City Council. Uh, some useful points there to bear in mind for future cases and for future planning applications, uh, particularly where you've got an application that considers alternative design solutions for a particular site and how that can be relevant in decision making. Hopefully you found that explanation useful and thank you very much for listening.